What's happening, people? Welcome back to La Carrington, a Manchester United women's podcast solely focused on covering Manchester United women. Now, unfortunately, today it was a difficult result at Stamford Bridge as Manchester United lost 3-1 thanks to some Lauren, not even thanks to, but due to (laughs) some Lauren James excellence. Back-to-back hat-tricks at Stamford Bridge for her. The first player to ever score a hat-trick against Manchester United in the WSL and she did it against her former club. Uh, I'm joined here by my wonderful friend Moyo, part of the Gold Diggers podcast. I'm going to put the links below to her socials and to Gold Diggers as well. Moyo was also at the game and, you know, I thought, you know what, let's chop it up. Let's talk about the game a bit. Let's talk about the Conti Cup game midweek, but also how we see things kind of changing throughout mm-hmm. the, the season or so. But just quickly, just to talk about today's fixture, Manchester United and Mark Skinner decided to go with the usual 4-3-3. Um, mm-hmm. An injury-ridden team at the moment. Quite a few players missing. Mallard was left out for precaution after she had a little niggle after the FA Cup game last week. Um, Miyazawa expected to be out, confirmed by Mark Skinner um, after the game. He confirmed that she's expected to be out until March or April. Um, obviously, then Gabby George, etc. also all out. So United actually had six players on the bench, a goalkeeper, a defender, two midfielders and two forwards. Uh, Mark Skinner went with a 4-3-3 as always with Mary Earps in goal, Maya Letizia and Millie Turner forming that partnership. Um, Jade Riviere on the right, Hannah Blundell on the left playing against her former club, Katie Zellum and Hayley Ladd in the middle and then Ella Toon in the 10 who I think is having a very good season so far. And then I was surprised to see Nikita Paris actually dropped. Mark Skinner went with JC um, up top. He went with Lucia Garcia on the right and Leah Golton on the left. Chelsea as well, missing a lot of players, very important players as well. I think I read that it was Hannah Hampton's second WSL starting goal um, and Emma Hayes touched on it post-match as to why she actually opted to play uh, Hannah Hampton, especially with the likes of Sam Kerr out. And it was a quite a rotated team, I think, for Chelsea. But they still got the job done. And you know what? That is that is a testament to the type of manager that they have, but also what the legacy that the manager is leaving behind. Moya, I'm going to start with you because I'm going to share my thoughts about the game. But I want to know, you know, seeing that in the flesh, was there any time in the game that you really thought United were really going toe-to-toe with Chelsea or were they just outclassed for 90 minutes? They weren't outclassed for 90 minutes, and I think that's what makes it more annoying. Like, <clears throat> for the first 30, 35 minutes, I would say, though, they were absolutely getting cooked in every single department on the pitch. Like, there wasn't a single part of the pitch they weren't getting cooked in. We couldn't hold the ball, yeah? No ball retention. Every time we got the ball, yeah? Slight bit of pressure, we'll give it back. Misplaced passes, five-yard passes. The defence... First of all, there was so much space in behind the channels every single time, yeah. Hannah Blundell was looking to her right. Bro, the person's already in behind with acres of space. You have to think, yeah, I don't think you can go toe-to-toe, yeah, with a team like that unless you know your fullbacks are absolutely rapid. Like, for example, yeah, we see it in the men's game where, like, Kyle Walker will let, not let it, but, like, if he's if his winger gets in behind... He's thinking, yeah, recovery pace. Alfonso Davis does the same. He's thinking recovery pace. We don't have someone on that team on our team. Yeah. I'd probably say Jade is probably the most quick in our team. I thought she was good today. But we don't have a winger. I mean, we don't have a fullback that can alleviate that sort of pressure when there's that much space in behind. So in my opinion, I thought the high line was criminal. Absolutely criminal today. Um, 
But yeah, there was a there was a period after we got our goal, and then I'd probably say the five minutes that led up to the half time after that, we would we were competing, but we were lucky still to go in at half time to um two one down. Um and then I'd probably say the first 15 minutes of the second half, I thought we were on top, should have scored. But this is the problem with United, yeah. As soon as we should have scored two two, three times, yeah, three different occasions, I tweeted saying should have been 2-2, which means 3-1 is incoming. And just, you couldn't even let me be wrong. You couldn't even let me be wrong. It's so I hear it. It's like you manifested. It's like you predicted it or manifested it. Obviously, you wouldn't manifest oh. something negative. It's so naive. Like, I just feel like every time I watch them, yeah, that's the one word I would use. I feel like they play naive. I feel like they were trying to tell us in the beginning that... um you know, they're ready for the game, they're confident that they can get something out of the game, but they didn't believe it. And I could tell they didn't believe it from how they started that game. Fam, first five minutes here, we'd already made like six last-ditch tackles. You think you think that's a sustainable way to play a game against Chelsea? It ain't. And even with Chelsea, it's interesting because I don't think they played at their best. Emma, Emma Hayes actually said post-match that this is their best performance in the WSL yeah, this season. One thing and, Emma, she's going to cap. <laughs> I like I like Emma Hayes' post-match. She makes me laugh because it's like sometimes she says stuff and I'm like, is she saying it because she believes it or is she saying it to deceive us? Because I didn't think that was that Chelsea performance was the best because I've watched United go up against Chelsea before. And I've seen United, United struggle to do anything. I think the first 30 minutes of the game, United kind of struggled. Yeah. I feel like they struggled. They United struggled with possession in the first 30 minutes. I saw Mark Skinner, he let out one raw like uh, it was like a scream of frustration because someone had won the ball but uh, Chelsea gave the ball away and then within the first touch of Man United they just gave it back to them and I think it was the frustration of the inability of keeping possession and and again and a team like Chelsea I think you just have to punish them like you might not get a lot of opportunities but when you get those opportunities in possession when they sloppily get rid of the ball and that don't happen often yeah. You have to capitalise. And it just felt like United were unable to do that. One thing I will say, though, is, you know, in the second half, I felt like United... I felt many times that it should have been 2-2. I think Ella was through on goal um, twice. Last, twice, but there was a last-ditch recovery from, from Lawrence. Lawrence. Um, yeah. uh, there was a last-ditch from Lawrence that she just, like, put the ball off her a little bit and she ended up kicking the top of the ball. Uh, and she didn't get a good Elatun didn't get a good connection to it. Leah Galton, in my humble opinion, I think that should have been a penalty. Um, but you know, I I was very shocked. I watched it back on replay. I thought, well, she got past her defender. Had, mm-hmm. Once you're pushing your once you're pushing the player from behind, that's a penalty. That's Whether a penalty. you clip her or not, that's the difference. But if you've pushed her, that's a penalty. Mark Skinner yeah. shared a similar sentiment. That was the first question he answered in the press conference. And I just look back and I and I look at quite a few of United games against Chelsea over the last 18 months. And it seems to be those little calls that go against United that kind of ends up getting to their head. So maybe United are still a few miles away from being a strong mentality team because those little calls it, seems to go... In, it goes through their brain and basically they end up capitulating. You know. but, this is, but this is what I mean about it being naive because I would understand that sort of mentality yeah, three, four years ago. These lot, yeah, even the ones that are young, yeah, like not only, half the team is not young, 
So they've been playing in the league full time. And then the ones that are young, yeah, have been starting for minimum four years. Yeah. Like, you have to deep it, yeah. These men are all experienced. To some extent, they're all experienced. Some extent, yeah. in, in, to some extent, internationally and domestically. Like, most of them have a lot of experience, yeah. And you see the naivety in two in two in two places, and it always comes out against Chelsea. There's always a there's always a um, there's always a decision that goes against us. Remember last season, a, a penalty decision went against Nicky us. Yeah, Paris Kings Meadow, I remember. Thank you. Then you're losing your head. You're still thinking about a penalty. That is oh, you see, once it's not happened, yeah, you have to be able to get rid of it. You have to be able to get. But let me tell you what the problem is that I'm having with the team. And why I'm not surprised they don't get over it because Mark Skinner doesn't get over it. So, so why <laughs> would they mean by that? So why would they get over it? Yeah, let me. This what I mean by that. Yeah, is that there's a calming nature I think a manager needs to have. Yeah, especially when your team is naive, sometimes childish, and they're not streetwise. That's three things. United or not, they don't. They're not streetwise at all. Chelsea teams. Yeah are the most streetwise team I've ever seen. Like, in the league, they're the most streetwise team I've seen. They'll do stuff to alleviate pressure. As soon as something pressures mounting, you'll start seeing small, small tactics they're doing to alleviate pressure. We don't do stuff like that. We're still trying to play the game. You, I'm telling you, they almost have too pure of a heart. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get they're you too anywhere. Nice. Are you saying they're too nice? They're too nice. Well, they're too... We'll take advantage of it. We need, I say this every single time we play, we need dogs and we need killers. That's it. And there's very few people I can count in that team that are both. There's very few. I'll say Rachel Williams, that's a dog, but she ain't a killer. That's a dog, but she ain't a killer. Bunny Shaw, yeah, that's a killer there. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, That's a killer. Lauren James, yeah, is a killer and she's a dog. Let's talk, about, let's, let's talk about Lauren James because um once Boy, one of our very own and you know what I did I genuinely don't think United fans would boo her today. I, I, I don't know where this the idea to boo her you, came from. It's like it's like you don't know these people. United I, fans are going to no, boo. I'm the, but they, they they haven't done it in the past, so maybe I ain't paid attention to it. it. They've done it every time, and every time she dunks on us. <laughs> they do it, they do it every time, and every time she dunks on us. Big up to Emma Hayes in the press conference because she was asked about the booing and she said she actually likes that side of that that sort of stuff in women's football. She's like, the fans have to know, like, if they give it, they have to receive it. Yeah, it? And she was like, it. and she was like, I know for a fact, Lauren, she was basically saying, like, I know Lauren enjoyed that. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed the boos and she enjoyed scoring the hat trick. And you would love it. Why would you love it? You would, I would. I, I was oh, saying, you know what? When, 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 when they started booing her, I was saying to, to my mate in the press box, I said, she's going to score. Bam, she scored. When she scored, I said, she's going to score a hat trick and she's going to celebrate in front of the fans. Literally, literally same. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. But because let's, let's quickly talk about, sorry, let's quickly talk about Lauren James just mm-hmm. as, as a player because, you know, I don't think anyone, like club bias aside, as a United fan, I can't yeah. sit. I can never sit here and say Lauren James ain't all that. Today, when she I when I watch her, just in general, I just I'm in awe of her yeah. all the time. But today, in particular, I felt like Emma Hayes gave her the free role, and yeah. you know that's when she probably plays her best football, where it's not mm-hmm. controlled. She's 
doing what she fits best. She's she was bro, she was flowing from left to right to the yeah. 10. She was in the false nine. Shout out me official for me did a job today that you don't see reflecting on the score sheet. She didn't score, she didn't she did get the, an assist. Selfless, she did the selfless job. She, she did the selfless job and she did what you would want your striker to do if they're not scoring. She mm -hmm. caused problems for Millie Turner. She caused problems for Maya Letizia. Back to, back to goal, hold up play, basically yeah. allowing runners to run in behind her. And that's yeah. literally what everybody was doing. And Lauren James in particular, just on her, I think, like I said, bias aside, she today, I watched her, I thought this girl glides with the ball. I've never seen someone glide with the ball and have that technical ability where if it comes on her left foot or her right foot, I know that's going in. Yeah. And particularly the second goal, which shocked me the most because that was a simple ball over the top that took out six of the United players. Just a ball over the top, a phenomenal ball. I'm not even going to say simple ball because it actually wasn't a simple ball. That was a pin... That was a pinpoint pass yeah, from to Lauren James. She watched it land for her on the volley, beat the keeper at her near post. And inevitably, at that point, I thought, yeah, she's going to get her hat trick. It's going to happen yeah. at some point in the game. And for me, it's more so, it's more so a, an appreciation for her just as a women's football fan. Yeah. Just, you know, unfortunately, she did it. She did it against United. It's very unfortunate. Unfortunately, she did it to United at Stamford Bridge, which makes that just a little bit worse but as a women's football fan or just a football fan in general you have to appreciate that talent her and her and Khadija Shaw going blow for blow today hat-trick for hat-trick how many hat-tricks for that for Khadija Shaw this season I think that's like three three in her three last three in four. her last four games three, three in our last four, four games three that in the last four games killer. that's nine goals in four games and this is a perfect segue for me because I asked the manager, and I'm going to put in the audio post-match um, that I had with Mark Skinner, but I asked the manager why he left Nikita Paris on the bench because Nikita Paris is United's top goal scorer this season and she's in a better form, I think, than she was last season. Do you feel like it's the lack of playing style that kind of, you know, deters Manchester United's um, options in terms of starting eleven? Or do you feel like the manager changes the some of the, especially the front three, suited for whatever game they're playing? I think you know Nikita Paris and Williams were the only options coming off the bench, and mm -hmm. inevitably they did come off the bench today. And I felt like Nikita Paris didn't really have much of an impact on the game because she had twenty minutes to try come back, and once that penalty shout went against United, I felt like their heads just just, just dropped. dropped. Yeah. If it, it, it's funny as well, yeah, because the chances that we had early on in the second half, I think if Nikita Paris was on the pitch, I think we score one of them. I think yeah. she would. I think she would have scored, or like she would have been involved in some aspect, like to us scoring equaliser. Um, I think, like, if you'd have asked me last season, I would have said, "Boy, like Nikita Paris, like she's calm." I think she'll say herself, yeah. This season, she's been so much better. She was saying, I saw in an interview with her that she feels like she understands her role more in the team and I feel like you can see that like I feel like everyone can see that she has decided to be an efficient attacker and that is not the word I would have used to describe her before yeah but this season she's become an efficient attacker and you have to rate it because you know it is 
she fought herself all right cool start of the season she wasn't remember she wasn't starting she playing. yeah she, she wasn't was playing she was not playing she made herself someone that had to be in the starting lineup yeah because she was thinking boy what's gonna set me apart from these lot these lot are doing a lot of nice stuff in the game what's gonna set me apart bro scoring that's what's gonna set you apart she started scoring yeah and then it meant that you have to include me then but that's why it was funny today because he didn't like what what actually went especially uh what confused me when i saw the lineup especially if mallard isn't there it's like if anything yeah mallard not being there me almost means you have to start her yeah like, if, i think she plays I'm, in the nine better than than jc i if i speak anyway i let's speak about jc no let's speak about J. what well, let's speak about jc because i've if it, if you're a listener of the pod regularly you know where i stand with jc i think she's got the flair she's got the tech she's got the dribbling mm-hmm. i don't think she's got the finishing and for that yeah, reason i don't think she could be a nine i don't think she could be a nine i think she could be a winger but i don't think she can be a nine but it seems like you know united have opted to play her a lot in that nine to a point where they accommodate for her and play mallard out wide which doesn't which doesn't make but this is what i'm saying you know yeah we're regular people yeah we me and you are regular folks how can we see this yeah and the coaching staff is not seeing this like when you actually just look at things black and white yeah mallard is a very good finisher like yeah more often than not yeah even if she doesn't score she's gonna get that shot on target She's going to get her shot off and she's going to get it on target. And I feel like she's more instinctive. Those are three traits, yeah, that you would want in a nine. Jace has pace. She's a dual monster. Has the beating of her fullback more often than not, yeah. All this points to either a wide forward or a winger. All of this. All of this. I think, yeah, what is causing and it's funny though because I saw in an interview with Mallard and then she was like what's her favorite position and she was like left wing yeah yeah she said left wing but apparently um because I saw that as well, but she does she can play because she likes to cut in that's the thing so she's like she a rational basically and those lot are like wide foot like wide forward type yeah. but her, her Mallard's not issue yeah but like I feel like Mark Skinner is very set in how he wants to play, yeah? So with someone like Jace, yeah, even though he could potentially see her as a winger, he, Mark Skinner definitely wants to start Leah Golden. The one spot, that means one spot is already gone. This is how, this is how the lineup start. One spot is already gone because Leah Golden yeah. is starting. No matter what form she's in, yeah, she's starting the game. Then it, then it's like four of you lot fighting for two spots. That's what, that's what happens. Four of you are fighting for two spots. Jace, first 20 minutes i said in the chat yeah i said in the chat jace is frustrating me right now yeah because she needs to realize there's no space like the time and space she wanted in the middle you're you're not getting it you're not getting it what i liked about what she did today yeah was that she realized first 25 minutes bro i'm getting no joy first of all her touch it wasn't even baggy her touch was good yeah but then she'll think she's going to be allowed bare time on the ball no one's gonna give they you the chance. Down. No they one's gonna give you the chance down. very quickly. As soon as it landed at her feet, yeah, the defender already had the, their arm on her back, yeah, and she was still trying to do turns. I said, Yeah, this girl, she's not serious, right? <laughs> but then I feel like there was a moment, yeah, that Mal was saying something to her, and yeah, from yeah, that yeah. moment, 
she it's like she just switched into go time demon mode and she said you know what i'm going to skin my fullback every single time and even if i only put in one good ball that's one good ball that's that's a ball that we could do something with and she did that she essentially did the work for us to get the first goal yeah cool and then it felt like she got confidence after she did that because then she started taking on her fullback more start the second half she was taking on her fullback more she was she had me charles beaten so many times to start that second half and then it was like cool what can you do when you beat your player where's the end product that's the next thing she needs to work on is the end product but also we need to help her like our players basically need to help whichever the forwards, like, what the forwards like. So, like, if I'm playing with Jacia, there's certain balls I will give her to put her in a position where she can be successful. Yeah. I feel like the problem is with United, yeah, they put the same ball in for every, every, no matter which forward is playing, yeah, you're getting the same ball. It's just balls over the top. And, and like, I saw it's it a lot today that it was basically, you know, Garcia or, or JC or whoever, fighting in the air for a ball when they're not real real aerial threats and it seemed like for the first 30 so minutes I feel like United were just doing that you know yeah. it seems the biggest issue I have with United at the moment or maybe this season in particular since Onabatier left you know you kind of see the flaws in ball ball progression and yeah. United don't have anyone to do that ball progression so as a result they kind of just decide to play out from the back. Maya Letizia, phenomenal passer, mm-hmm. um, plays balls out from the back. That goes, it leads to nothing. It just, it leads to, you know, a dead ball. Or it, mm-hmm. it, it leads to Chelsea or getting the ball. Turnover, turnover in position. Turnover. And, and, you know, I think one person that stood out to me today was was Jade Riviere. I feel like she really tried to hurt her. I think she's her yeah, she, and, and you know what? A lot of games this season where United have lost or not been good, they've drawn... Jade Riviere has been the better player. And, you know, yeah. when you look at the starting 11, she's not the most experienced out of all of them. You know, she's still learning. Experience. She's young. Like, she's, she's young. And before the before the start of this season, yeah, she was not actually playing senior club football. She was yeah. playing um, international, but she wasn't playing senior club football. And, and that's the thing is, like, today, and just multiple games I've seen... She's not Honor Batier, and I will never sit here and compare her to Honor Batier because Honor yeah. has Honor has traits that a lot of actual fullbacks don't even have. Yeah. But Jade can progress the ball, not to the level of Honor, but she can do it to a sufficient amount. And yeah, she's a good, I've, she's I've, a good ball carrier. Good, good ball carrier. She's a good dribbler. She's yeah. got great recovery pace. Yeah. Um, and and she was getting back a lot as well when she was out of position. And I feel like that was one bright spark. Um, in performance. My only concern is United have not been active in the transfer window. United have a lot of injury problems. Yeah. You know, six players on a bench going going to Stamford Bridge. That means mm-hmm. if you're using all five subs, you're left with one other player that you probably haven't used. Yeah. And she will probably be going to the Gold Cup in February. I think it's in February with, 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 with her national team. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me think, well, is that going to lead to a complete you know, change in the back line is Hannah Blundell going to go to the right, and is Leah Golton going to play as a as a left back? What, what what's going to happen? What's going to happen with that? And this is another perfect seg- segue uh, to the next topic because um, the the biggest I think takeaway from today is that a lot of the fan base 
is are starting to lose hope in the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they even I'm shocked they even touched on it on BBC apparently in in the coverage yeah, yeah. Uh, during the game. Yeah, apparently they touched on it, and I and I'm shocked because uh, you know mainstream media don't really do that, and yeah. and this has been a topic I think I would say for the last month I've seen it, especially yeah. since that Liverpool game uh, at the end of last year. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's been something big, and you know, he Mark Skinner was actually asked about it twice today in the press conference about you know what he thinks about that, and he he gave a very honest answer. Um, yeah. I'm just going to briefly paraphrase it, but he basically was like. You know, play fans pay their hard-earned money to watch us, so they are entitled to their opinion. And he was like, "I respect their opinion." But there was one particular thing. I'm going to quickly bring up the quote that he said um, because he just kind of, I would say, segued away from the the the, the Skinner out part and moved more towards the performance. And he said um, that team out there today, second half, they took it to the champions. The champions, they were fighting, and that's a team that knows where we're heading. He he kind of emphasized quite a bit in the press conference about you know where he sees him taking the team and how he said it. He listen, I respect Mark Skinner because yeah, you lot might so a lot of my listeners, a lot of people might not like Skinner as a manager, but in press conferences he backs himself. Mm. And I would rather a manager that backs himself and gets proven wrong than a manager that sells himself short mm. and basically ends up short. You know, yeah. I hope that makes sense. I would rather it's it is embarrassing, you know, as a person to just be like it's like it's like you know saying to your sibling, "Oh, I'm good. I'll beat you up in a fight. I'll beat you. I'll beat." But then you get beaten up. But you know, you're always going to be confident. You always yeah. you have to back yourself because if you don't back yourself, your players are not going to buy into the philosophy and the idea that you have because they're going to look at you like you've got no backbone. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that you can deliver, you know, what it is the club wants. And, you know, he emphasised that a lot today in the press conference. What do you think about, you know, are you Skinner out? Are you Skinner out? I don't think I've ever heard you saying Skinner out. Um... I've been wanting a new... I never actually wanted him, if that helps. But, and, and then um, I would love a new manager. Who that will be, I don't know. You know me anyway. My pipe dream is that Casey Stoney will just decide to come back. That is what... That's, do you know what I mean? Like That's like in my wildest dreams. I need that. Because honestly, one thing of me, yeah, I feel like I need to believe you as a manager. It's all good you're saying stuff, yeah? I need your actions to show that what you're saying is real. I feel like my main issue with Skinner, yeah, number one, predictability. Yeah. Mad predictable. The most predictable, per- like, the mo- we're the most predictable team I've ever seen in my life. Like, subs, we know what sub and who and what time in every game, by the way. And yeah. th- number one, this doesn't help you because not only can teams set up for us, for starting 11 because they know which midfield is going to start they know which defense is going to start yeah they can even set up for the subs as well because they know what sub is coming and at what minute if Nikita Paris starts we know that Lucia Garcia is coming on 68 between 68th and 72nd minute and vice versa do you get what I mean irrespective of how Nikita Paris is playing by the way she could be the best player on the pitch she's still coming off 65th minute like honestly it's the same subs every game. Rachel Williams will come on later on in this late 70s. Do you know what I mean? Like We know what subs are coming. It's predictable. My second issue with him is that he says stuff and then he, what he does the next day, it just goes against everything he has just said. Like He talks about, you know, 
physicality and wanting to compete and stuff like that, yeah. I don't know who in our midfield I'd describe as a physical player. Do you know what I mean? I mean? He, he took Ella Toon off today and, and put Rachel Williams in the 10, which very much shocked me. And I thought that was for physicality, but I thought Ella Toon was having a much better second half. Um, and probably would have, if she stayed on, probably could have contributed to something. I feel like she had a couple good layoffs. She was laying off the ball well for people to shoot. Even if she wasn't shooting well, which she wasn't, yeah, I still feel like she's the type of person that can pick a pass out of nothing. Um, and she's one of the few people that can do that in the team. Um, and then I'd probably say as well, yeah, the only th the thing that confuses me most about Sienna, yeah, is that, like, I just don't understand how he's motivating this team right now. Because every press conference he says, you know, like, the people that are here, they wouldn't be here if they didn't believe. Well, they would be here because they've got a contract. That is, that's the truth of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's all well and good saying they won't do that, bro. Like, if that was the case, then we just all wouldn't. We have to. It's their job. Let's not pretend now that this isn't their job and they sign a contract and they have to come. Yeah, true. My, like, he does stuff that just makes you think, what is the thinking here? Like, I was talking to this with someone the other day, yeah? Lisa Nelson. Obviously, I know she was injured before, yeah? So I'm not saying she should have started today. Like, I understand she's literally just come back from a niggle. Cool. I just find her usage of her so confusing. Did you see his pre-match comments about, about Lisa Nelson? Um, about the um, the only person that is stopping her is herself. Yeah, it was it was along those lines. I don't I don't I don't want to paraphrase because you know I, I always like to get the most accurate quote. But his exact words it was it was along. Someone asked him. I think it was uh, some guy called Chris. Shout out to Chris in, in the mm -hmm. pre match presser. He asked him about Lisa Nelson, um, and Irene Guerrero as well. Who I don't yeah. think I don't think we saw her today. Yeah, no, yeah, we didn't, yeah, we didn't we see her him. today. But she was yeah. on the bench and he basically said, from Lisa's perspective, there are literally only a couple of things that hold Lisa back, maybe even one, and that's Lisa. It was a very detailed response that he did give. If you don't want to see the full quotes, it is on my Twitter page. But the main takeaway from that was that he said, for anybody that has an opinion, I see Lisa every single day. So I'm in the best position to know when her time to play a bigger role is. Hopefully that's soon and hopefully it's for a long time. I... I that 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 just felt like an unusual uh, it, response. To he me. thinks he thinks that when he says this stuff, yeah. What's scary is that he's people think he's saying it with malice. He's not even saying it with malice. He just he actually thinks that it sounds fine. That if anything, it's scarier. Like that he's not saying it with malice. I'd almost prefer it if he meant it as a malicious thing because he thinks talking like that is normal and it isn't. And also. I've got issues with that statement alone and who it's about you yeah, because of two reasons. Number one, she's been at the club here yeah, for over a year at this point, yeah? Over a year. She yeah. came in January last season. She's been at the club for over a year. Cool. She has started three games, yeah? Three games. Wow. The three starts, the three games she has started in, random games, isn't it? It's like PSG more confusing. Yeah, PSG led one, PSG led two, and then she started against Man City at the Etihad. I, I mean, at Old Trafford. Yeah, that tells me. Let me say what's confusing about that. That tells me he thinks she should be playing against the European elite. That's that's what that's telling me, by the way. Yeah, if you think. That she is that person, yeah, 
why would she not play normally then? Like it, you have to ask yourself, yeah. How can I go from not playing? I didn't play against Bristol City. I didn't play against West Ham. But then you willed me out against PSG in our first ever Champions League game. You, I think that's the same game where Jade Riviere played right wing and a lot of people were, were yeah. kind of confused. But, and, about th- and this is what I'm saying, though. Like, what was the... F- like, what was the... F- and then she didn't play the league game after that. Yeah. And then she played the second leg against PSG. It, it, is this not confusing stuff? Because who then do you think she is? You know what's funny? Because... It, you know, the manager has hinted at, like, or has subjectively kind of hinted at the opposite of that for other players, such as, like, um, Miyazawa, etc. I remember um, reading an article, I think it was, like, a press conference uh, this season, and it was basically alluding to some players needing to adapt to the WSL. But I will be very honest, yeah? Um, I'll be very honest. I feel like if players come from competitive leagues... Thank you. You know, in Europe, in America, etc., they play competitive football at a senior level. I think it will take them a game or two to grasp the WSL and the speed and you know all of that stuff. But I look at a lot of women's football in in the world, and I and you know I don't think there's huge marginal differences similar to you know the speed of you know how the Premier League and the La Liga is different. Or, yeah. you know, how the Premier League and League One, the French League, is, is different. I feel like we're, when, for example, JC is an example. Mm-hmm. She came from Barcelona, didn't play that much at Barcelona, but mm-hmm. has a very big role in the club right now. Um, yeah. Whether that's because she costs 300,000 euros um, and she's a, an expensive sign. And I think she's one of Barcelona's biggest sales that they've made yeah. for, for, for a player. Um, but I feel like, you know, people like Miyazawa, people like, Lisa Nelson, Irene Guerrero, a, a, a big she, part of that Spain team for the World Cup. I don't think these are yeah. players that have to, you know, have a year or a year and a half to and adapt. Also, I think it's oh, you're, I think in saying that, yeah, he's overhyping the WSL. This is my opinion, yeah. I think we're proper overhyping that because why is it, for example, yeah, that Chelsea just get people and throw them in then? Emma Hayes had a lot of praise for new signings today. He, a he, lot of praise. No, Say, no, saying no. that one of her signings just slotted in perfectly. In but her this first is what part. I'm saying. Like, he moves here. Yeah, like, his system is so complex and so complicated, yeah, that not just any man that's off the road can understand it. So how come everyone else is doing it then? On that topic, I'm going to quickly play for you guys the post-match comments that for the questions that I, I asked Mark Skinner. Um, let me know what you lot think. Do you feel like the penalty chance changed the momentum in the game in the second half? I think we can address it straight away, yeah. I think it was a big decision in the game. Um, spoken to the referee and we're speaking about um, higher threshold of, of contact. I still believe, my personal opinion, that um, if a player is applying contact behind a player that's got across them, and it spins around like Leah's not dived, right? She hasn't dived. So um, there's, there's contact enough for me for a penalty, in my opinion. Um, you're not going to get anything posthumously after the game. Um, and we're talking about higher threshold. But uh, it's a big part in the game. Big part. If we get that, it's a chance to make it 2-2. And then we're in the ascendancy. I thought we were in the second half. We were much better in the, second, in, um, in the ascendancy part. I felt that we tried to take the game. We got more aggressive, 
we challenged our duels better and fought in much better second half. Nikita is the top scorer this season for Manchester United. You chose to bring her off from the bench. What was the reason behind that? Yeah, I mean, look, we've got... Um, so we knew with Chelsea's high line, if they get after you, they're actually going to need pace in behind in a wide channel. So it's much more about um, JC's unpredictability within that, holding the ball, being able to beat a player, creativity, um, and then to bring Nikita in. It's nothing, and Nikita's been great. It's nothing on Nikita at all. It's a momentary... Uh, tactical adaptation that's all we needed pace to go behind Chelsea's line if they're drawn in with us they're very front foot in front of their back line so we can turn you can hit you need to hit them quick rather than build up in front of them all the time and just last one uh, United have now lost I think more <coughs> games than last season mm -hmm. uh, spent spent quite well in the summer transfer window do you still feel like it's kind of like you're learning on the job and as, as the season continues you're kind of getting on with it to be clear I'm not learning on the job to be clear. No, 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 sorry. I didn't mean learning. I mean, like, as the season goes on, you're just taking it game by game. Kind oh, no, of sure. I mean, that was our game. ethos last year as well. That was our ethos. But, but what I will say is that we're, uh, in relative terms, compared to Chelsea, we're still a young team. However, however, we need to continue to invest in the, in the structure in order to get ourselves around to where Chelsea are with that depth and quality. I am absolutely happy to play. I thought the players were magnificent, especially second half. As a collective, they've always been great and we have a high quality. But we need the depth and we need that competition. We need to continue to invest. as something the club are obviously ambitious to do. Um, but I think, look, we, we, did, we were brilliant last year. We were brilliant. We are almost faultless. And then this year, we're going to be judged by the same mantle. Of course we are. And we'll judge ourselves by that mantle, by the way. We want that competitive nature. We want to be winning these games of football and sometimes you have to continue to reflect but I have no doubt and let me be clear before somebody asks me I have no doubt where our team are heading I have no doubt that we're going to push and push and push to be the to one of the most successful teams in this league I have no doubt about that 10 points I get it 10 points we're gonna we've got now 10 points to chase so regardless of where we are we have that, have that energy to chase those 10 points and I know anything about this team they're gonna have that energy and that's what Mark Skinner had to say, obviously, after today's result at Stamford Bridge. Um, a big actual, before before we get into any listeners' questions and we wrap it up, um, I realised today that United actually have not beaten any of the top four, you know, the top four tradition, the, the, you know, the, the, the Arsenal, the City, the Chelsea. They've lost to City this year, they've lost to Chelsea, and I think Chelsea is United's biggest kryptonite. Chelsea, Man United just cannot beat them. Um, not, today, under this manager. Today, for me, I felt was like the best chance that United had to beat them, just because yeah. they weren't their strongest eleven. But yeah. also, that shows you when when you have a you know operations and strategy and recruitment involved, where you can buy players effectively and you know players can leave, but you can easily replace them, mm -hmm. and you get players to buy into your philosophy and your idea. Emma Hayes said something today in the press conference that just it kind of sat very well with me. But also, it didn't sit well with me as someone who, who's a United fan. She basically said that she wants to set up the players at Chelsea and her goal is to set up the players at Chelsea where even when she leaves, they're still able to perform and succeed without her because that's what a legacy is. And because, you know, today, rotated team, Millie Bright, no Millie Bright, uh, mm -hmm. no Sam Kerr. That's just the two big names. But they were missing other play people as well. Yep. 
opted to play Hannah Hampton in goal. That's a big that's a big decision to make against you know a, a big game in a big game. Yep. That's a big decision to make, given her her second or third start of the WSL this season. Manchester mm-hmm. United have already lost more games this season than they did last season. No team has ever gone on to actually win the WSL after losing more than three games and United have lost three games. Mark's going to emphasize quite often in the press conference about the 10-point the gap. And he actually said that he thinks that there's points to be dropped across the league this year. So that 10-point gap could be closed. But Man United still have I a trip to, to the Imrats. I saw that... I saw you say that that he said points will be dropped, but I read yeah. that and I was like, yeah, they will be dropped by us. But no, but he meant by by you know across the league and and I look at United in particular and I think okay, we've still got a trip to Liverpool. Liverpool are doing well this season. Today they yeah. lost to City, but they absolutely schooled us at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, we still got a trip to Liverpool. On top of that, United still have a trip to Arsenal. They still have a trip to City. Um, they still have, you know, those kind of results. Villa are slowly picking up, you know, wins and they're picking up points. Um, you know, United have to welcome Chelsea on the final day of the WSL season at Old Trafford, where possibly Emma Hayes and Dub and Chelsea will lift their fifth consecutive title on the up block, as I like and, to call it. And sorry, why are we always near playing? Why, why, this is like the second time in three years, yeah, that they're going to play them on the final day of the season. What is I, you know what I think? You know, I have a theory. I have a theory they, the, the, the fixture list was set up in the hopes that the title was going to go down to a final day Man United. Yeah, yeah. You know, like last season, it was Man United versus Chelsea oh. final day. Both one was at Reading and one was at Liverpool. I feel like they felt United would have been competing again. So that would have been a great... If you listen, if United were in a title race right now, I would have been like, bring on the last yeah, day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, but right now, I'm dreading it. Now I'm dreading it because I'm like, we're letting them lift the trophy um, and- on... On our ground. That's gonna, that's gonna be yeah, two big teams coming to the up block, yeah. And in at Old Trafford, that's gonna be in front of a big crowd, yeah. Yep. And most likely dunking on us again. Yeah. <laughs> and United actually this coming coming into this season, they hadn't lost in their old Trafford fixtures and, and they lost to City this week, uh, this season already. Um just gonna put some quick listeners questions out there i always ask if you guys do want to interact at minna football on all socials twitter youtube instagram you can send in questions before we uh, i record um i asked for some questions and we actually touched on a few of these um throughout throughout the throughout the pod you know some of the a lot of the questions actually relate to um you know the the, the manager and maybe potential change in manager big up to namrata with the question says do you think our tendency to play through the wings makes our midfield more susceptible to being ripped apart when defending um and that's an interesting one because i feel like united's when they've when there's pressure on united's midfield they just tend to play through the wings or they play mm-hmm. through the keeper um today i saw in the first 10 minutes i realized katie zellum was the lone midfielder and yep. Haley lad was a bit more forward the box yeah was the box to box and every time uh, zellum received the ball to feet she was pressed immediately. She didn't have time to scan or turn around because she was being pressed immediately. What do you think of that? Do you think our tendency to play through the wings makes our midfield more susceptible to to, to being ripped apart? I think it means that teams can prepare more. So, like, if I know that you want to play through the wings, yeah, I've already locked off your, your wing spots, which means, yeah, that 
every all the pressure now comes to the middle, and it means that our midfield will have to be so like precise in how they pass. And I'm I wouldn't describe our midfield as that. I, like, do you know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like we can. I would only be comfortable playing through the wings, yeah, if I know that I've I've got literally a unicorn at fullback or a unicorn on the wing. And we had that last season in Onabatia, yeah, because she was versatile in the sense that she could dribble, she could cross, and she could cut back. Both. Do you see what I mean? Like, I feel like most teams that have dynamic wingers, one of them's either really good at dribbling or they're really good at crossing. If we look at people like, if we look at Man City, for example, Chloe Kelly, really good cross of the ball, and she's good at dribbling. Lauren Hemp, really good, like, she's really good at cutbacks, and she's really good at getting past her player. And I feel like, unless you have wingers that do that consistently, it shouldn't be through the wings you play. But, I understand why he's playing through the wings, because I don't think our midfield is strong enough for us to be a team that plays centrally. No, I hear that. I hear that. Talking about midfields, just quickly, Conte Cup midweek um, against Manchester Manchester City. They have one of my favourite midfielders in Hasegawa. Um, How do you think United line up for that? And do you think United have a shot in the Conte Cup? We have a shot in the Conte Cup if someone eliminates Chelsea. That is, if there's any way United meet Chelsea, basically in the cup, yeah, yeah. If, if United meet Chelsea, it's done. Like, the only hope is that you know, like how in the FA Cup, Arsenal have Chelsea, yeah. We need one of that, we need one, we need one of that because if it comes down to us, Chelsea, and what's on what's at stake is a trophy, we already know what way that one's going so. Look, one day I want United to be able to prove me wrong. I don't want to be going into games here and thinking, oh, it's an auto, it's an automatic zero points. Like I'm looking at the fiction list right now every year, and I'm thinking, cool, two losses straight away on the like genuinely you can look at the fiction list in the beginning of the season and be like, Yeah, two losses banked in against Chelsea. And then after that, you start thinking, cool, where can we pick up points? You know what's funny? I'm I am looking at the fixture list right now. Outside of any like cup competitions, obviously, we've got the FA Cup and the Conti Cup somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. in the next four weeks but we've got uh brighton um we got villa sorry at home mm-hmm. and then it's brighton the week after at home and then we've got the arsenal fixture at the emirates after that we got southampton in the fa cup just before the emirates um match up so i i anticipate that that southampton game will will have a bit of a rotated uh team now listen guys it's my birthday on the day of the arsenal manchester united game yeah, and whether it's the men's team or the women's team, I always get disappointed if United are playing on my birthday. It's always without a fail. So I'm hoping that won't be the case. But also, similar to Lauren James, I feel like Alicia Russo might have a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. Might. She's about yeah. to dunk. She's about to <laughs> dunk. Because you know what it is, yeah? Even in the first game of the season, she didn't score, yeah? But she came close at least four times. And that was the first Very game of the close. season. That's the first game of the season. She'd only come back from the World Cup, yeah, like two weeks before then, yeah. And she was bare rusty. And it was the first game of the season. Now, if she gets the chances she got in that game, and 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 then you know there's nothing she loves more than the big stadium. There's nothing. 
she likes to goal at the Emirates, whether it's for United or for someone else, she likes to goal for the for, for, at the Emirates. So it'll be really interesting um to see. I'm not gonna look too far ahead. Like I I'm the kind of person yeah. I take it game at a time. I take it game, game at a time. Game by game, but Brighton, a villa, villa's gonna be a hard like obviously I know they're not doing what they were doing last season, it's gonna be a hard game matchups wise. Yeah, and Brighton's gonna be a Brighton, we've already dropped points against them. We have already dropped points against them. We only with the last kick of the game. Yeah, and right now we are at United are actually level on points with Liverpool. Liverpool obviously lost today. Um, the only thing that's saving United at the moment is goal difference. That's the only thing that's saving them is the goal difference. They got 12, a plus 12. Liverpool have uh, just a, a zero. Um, but anything can kind of change uh, throughout that. Big up to Moyo for coming on. Firstly, where can they find you on socials, etc.? Of course, I'm going to link all of her socials uh, below in the description of the podcast so you lot can find her. But let them know where they can find you. Um, you can find me at, at Moyo's Laboratory. Um on Twitter and on Instagram and then also on the Gold Diggers podcast um, which is at Gold Diggers UK on Twitter and at Gold Diggers UK underscore on Instagram so I will link it all below thank you for very very much sorry for coming on it's a difficult defeat for Manchester United at Stamford Bridge Manchester United won Chelsea free Lauren James gave a clinical show today and just showed Manchester United exactly what she's missing and Emma Hayes is getting very much closer and closer to that final WSL title that she can walk away with of course Manchester United have a lot to learn this season and I think every game is going to be a learning curve big up to everyone be sure to hit the rate button give it a five star be sure to hit me on social medias you can follow me at Minna Football. Um, new episode will be out next week um, after the Conti Cup game and then another one after the WSL game. Um, and this is actually the first episode of the new year. So happy new year to everyone. I know it's 22 days late. <laughs> it comes. It came eventually. Big up to everyone. You guys know what it is. As always, it's your girl Minna and it's the Carrington podcast, the Manchester United women's podcast, solely focused on covering Manchester United. I'm out. Moyo's out. Peace. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey.